You have questions? We have answers. We're two Southern moms on the backside of raising kids. And we have some things to say. We've lived life, made mistakes, and learned some lessons. Join us for answers to the questions you, you just, just want to ask your mom. mom. Welcome to another Just Ask Your Mom podcast. I'm Bonnie Blaylock. And I'm Renee Sproles. Well, we talk about intentional parenting all the time. And if there's one area where this is not optional, it's kids and water. That's what our episode is about today. I know. Okay, I gotta say, Bonnie. Just, just in time for summer. Here's a disclaimer. This episode falls under the same thing as like the one we did on preparing to die, doing your will, like all the hard conversations, kids and water. It's it's sad to me. All it doesn't the have to be sad. It's just preparing. You're right. You're right. We want to prepare. We're so making no it one, not sad. No one has an accident. So, like, okay, tell us a funny story. Start yes. us off with some with some humor. Okay. Well, back in the summer of '73, I was four years old, and my little brother Mike was two, and we had recently moved to Florida. We had a pool in our backyard, which was fenced from the street, but it had a direct line from our back patio into the water, like a lot of houses do. Mike was a master Houdini at two years old, and he could unlock any door, gate, or barrier that you could fashion. We would often see, he'd wake up in the morning, climb out of his crib, strip naked, and cross the street to the neighbor's house, go in their kitchen, climb up on their counter to get cookies, and stand at the foot of their bed munching until they woke up. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds not true. Can you imagine waking up to a naked, strange toddler at the foot of your bed, eating all your cookies? Yeah, I know. Let me repeat, it was the 70s, so we were much freer then. So you see where this is going. So my mom, who she couldn't swim. She didn't like to put her face under the water. She was scared to death. And she tried to put the fear of God into him about going out by the pool alone. But it was only a matter of time before Mike or I ended up in that pool. So she was terrified all the time. I, I can imagine. Yeah. You just never knew when he was going to get out the door. And she had five kids. He was the youngest of them all. She's so, so tired. It was Exactly. <laughs> How many eyes do you have in your head? So my parents hired a guy named Harvey Barnett. And about seven years before that, Harvey had founded this thing called Infant Swimming Resource. It's like a self-rescue program. And he was making house calls to popularize his methods. Today, you can find it all over the world. It's amazing. That's so cool. So he came to our backyard to give swim lessons to us. He taught us to blow bubbles, hold our breath, and most importantly, he would push us in the water face first, and we had to learn how to flip over on our backs. Um, and we did that from, well, he was two at the time. Wow. And we learned how to reach the side of the pool and make it to the steps. So my mom was not a total nervous wreck 24-7. Wow. So, that was way ahead of its time. Yeah. It was like the beginning of all that infant swim stuff, which is now super popular. If you yes. go online and look at anything, look up the videos of little babies learning how to do that. It's amazing. Wow. It's amazing to see. So what about your experiences, Renee? Well, How did you learn? Okay, my parents were real careful about the water. So I've talked to them in my adult life, and they said, you know, they had an acre and a half of land that we had our house on in a neighborhood. Mm -hmm. They never put a pool in because they were always afraid of that, of water safety, something happening bad. And so my grandparents, who lived behind us across the cow pasture, they put a pool in. Okay. And so I remember do as a young child, not as young as two, like you're talking about, I can remember it. So I was what, six, seven, we were, we were doing swim lessons with my cousins at my grandparents pool. They hired a private okay. instructor and we 
we all practiced until we all learned to swim. And then we would use that swimming pool at my grandparents, but the rule was you could not swim without an adult there watching you ever, ever, ever. Even when you were a teenager and my friends were going to like their neighborhood pools or their own personal pools, if a parent was not there watching us specifically, not a lifeguard, a guardian, it's an adult watching you specifically, I couldn't go. And I didn't understand that and I resented that. Sure. Now that I'm grown, I'm so grateful Mm. that they did that because... You're right. It's just, it's, they were right. It, it's too much to expect in a public pool. We, I've been to our public pool. Oh yeah, we have too. It's masses of humanity. It's there's no madness. There's no possible way you can see somebody go straight to the bottom. Right. Slides and diving boards and concession stands and friends. It, yeah. And it's besides, drowning doesn't look like what you think it looks like. Uh-huh. You know, in researching for this topic, I was surprised to learn it's very, pe- it can look very peaceful. Real quiet. Really quiet. You think you're splashing and yelling for help and all that. Most of the time, you don't even know. No. It said uh, from the stopdrowningnow.org website, they note that um, drowning can happen in as little as 20 to 60 seconds. Yep. It's quick. And it remains in the top five causes of unintentional injury-related death. From birth to five years old. Mm-hmm. And 23% of child drownings happen during a family gathering near a pool. That's a yeah. quarter of them. Right. At a, at a place that is familiar and what you think is safe to you. Drowning is the third leading cause of an unintentional injury death worldwide, accounting for 7% of all injury-related deaths. The highest drowning rates are among children 1 to 4, followed by children 5 to 9. More children... Ages one to four die from drowning than any other cause of death except birth defects, according to the CDC. That that was that's what a big old number. Yeah, that's when I started getting upset researching for this. <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness, yeah. because it's very preventable, right? With some practical steps, right. We're going to talk about today, exactly. Which is what the whole point of this podcast is. Not a downer, right? It's not a you know terrible statistics and all that. It's just so okay. So what can you do to prevent that? That's right, because the good news is learning to swim can reduce the risk of drowning by 88% for that category of one to four-year-olds. That's huge. Yeah, huge. huge. So, um, right, so there are steps you can take uh, to prevent drowning. There are infant swim resource instructors, which is Harvey Barnett's program, which I was just talking about at the beginning, all over the place. Some are public facilities and others can do home visits. Uh, Typically, little ones who are six months old and sitting up independently. Think about that. How little? That's little bitty. That's tiny. But they're mobile. Right. They're mobile. That's so right. So they can crawl outside. Mm-hmm. Um, will learn to roll to their back from any face down position in the water. And they can maintain that floating posture until help arrives. So I encourage you to go online and look at the video of little six month old babies doing this. And oh. it's often one of the first things that little kids can do without mom or dad's help. It gives them so much confidence. Wow. I remember my aunt, so if I was, I was learning as a young uh, elementary age or maybe kindergartner student learning to swim, my cousins who were younger than me were this age that you're talking about, this one to four. Mm-hmm. And I remember her taking their, yeah, their under one-year-old out to my grandfather's pool and working with her with some of these mm-hmm. techniques. That would have been late 70s. Yeah. Um. And she would blow in her face and pop her underwater. Yeah, that's what we do. Yeah. And Make you learn to take a breath. <gasps> yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. And it's good to do, if you're going to practice this kind of thing, uh, swim lessons or whatever, it's good to do 
fully clothed. I know you don't think about that, oh, right. but that changes how you feel in the water. It changes your weight. A kid's Very weight. much. Um, you know, see every now and then when you're at the pool, bring an extra set of clothes and make them go in with their shoes on I never and their jeans about on, whatever, and still flip over on your back. I'm so grateful for this podcast because we're building a pool this summer and I want to, I want my grandchildren and all my friends' children to be safe when they come, when they come here. So that's for infants, but you have from that research found that once those babies are fully mobile toddlers and big kids, they can, they learn the same rollback technique. Right. In addition to being able to get to the wall or the steps or something like that and wait for a hand of a grown up who's with them. Which of course, because they're, they're large muscle skills you find motor and large muscle right. motor skills you know what are they called uh, yeah fine motor, fine motor and skills. large motor skills <laughs> they're they're all working they're all firing now yeah the older you get the more you can move your arms and legs in a rhythm that kind of thing you know how to you know how to swim well so we lived in florida and so many people have pools there and we could literally walk to the beach down the road from us but if you live in a landlocked state or you're not really a lake person and aren't around the water do you have to do swim lessons i mean is it worth it i i think it's absolutely worth it I, I mean I believed it was worth it before but after reading these statistics I feel like it's a health and safety issue mm-hmm. just like learning to look both ways before you cross the street or not touch a hot stove and yeah. not put your fingers in an outlet it's like a really important health and safety it is skill. and the um there's some sobering information too statistics that I didn't put in here before but um African Americans are one and a half times more likely to drown Hispanics even more they just don't have the opportunities necessarily or the access to pools and areas like that to learn how to swim to lessons so there's a lot I think we need to do to improve that but some of the things that we're talking about here barriers fences gates all of those things supervision yes all of that ups your chances of safety in the water yeah so I mean lots of neighborhoods or lots of cities have the YMCA that's where we went and did a lot of our swimming as well. Mm-hmm. So um, look for your public pool. We have a university in our town. We did swim yep. lessons there once. Yeah, we did too. With ours. We, we did swim lessons several years in a row mm-hmm. until I felt like they were proficient. Um, There's lots of different swim lessons in our area here in Middle Tennessee and lots of different uh, approaches to it. I can remember some of our young mom friends went with their son when he was young and he was so proud. He had just gotten some new um, arm floaties. Yeah. And they trotted out to the pool. And the swim instructor there took out her big scissors and popped them right on his arms. Oh. Said, Those are useless. We do not believe in any flotation <laughs> devices. We're going to learn how to swim. Those are just crutches and you get used to using those and then you don't learn what you're supposed to learn. So they were like, yeah, super, Uh-oh. super serious and intense about it. And they would they would um, have the kids in the pool, put their hands on their backs and like push them all the way down in the deep end and make them have to surface. Oh, so wow. a lot of that was can be kind of a lot for, say, a three, four year old to learn. Um, but at the end of the day, they're they can swim in Proficient. the water. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, if that's not your bit, your game, there are other ways to learn how to swim at the Y, like we talked about, um, that are a little more gentle. Right. That still get the right. job done. Yeah. Again, like refer to our temperament episodes to know what might best work for your child. Perhaps yes. the snipping the floaties <laughs> can be a little too traumatic. <laughs> might be traumatic. <laughs> but um, 
Yeah, I remember, and, and the, the crowded pool scenes, they're, they're not ideal with young children. I remember Houston got ahead of me at the YMCA. Um, I mean, summer is great. There's nothing like pool tired. You want, when yeah, they've swum all day, the it, they take great naps. They they're sleep so hungry, great at they night. Eat great. Yeah, they eat great. Well, Houston was two. He got ahead of me, and he had no fear of the water, and he just went, he just walked right into the deep end. And I had to run up, grab him by his hair, and pull him out. And he, what you're right, he was not struggling at all. Just sinks. He was just, he just slipped right in and was as still as could be. Uh-huh. And did the lifeguard? Have oh no! Any inkling? No, that was the lifeguard on? had no inkling. Right. He also wanted to do that two-story water slide they had, and I had to get permission and like stand at the bottom of it uh. to catch him. At the end, he just he was there for it, the thrill. <laughs> so you know, I, it was it, it was critical for him to learn. Yeah, because he was gonna. He was because he was gonna get in the water. Such a draw, which it is. There's toys in there. Mm-hmm. There's fun. Yeah, any kid's gonna run right to it. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, it's like and a it, playground. And you'll find, you know, um, some kids are sinkers and some kids are floaters. Oh, that is to- that is really true, <laughs> and it has to do with what your body fat. Yes, your body mass. and I was talking to my massage therapist about this because she's picked up swimming as an exercise form of exercise because she's a runner and it's getting to be hard on her body. And she said that you you can learn to fill your lungs with air so that you can float even if your legs are sinker. Sinking. You can keep but you have to learn the technique of deep breathing and not take those shallow breaths and you know start sinking because okay. David's a sinker and Houston's a sinker and I just always thought they were sinkers. <laughs> And Emma's a floater, and she's like a dolphin through the water. That's hilarious. We, I don't know if you remember, we in Boy Scouts, we had, every year they had to take this swim test at yes. the local high school swim mm-hmm. pool uh, to be able to go to camp or something. Yes, to go to yeah. camp, yeah. Uh, which, that's, we were just talking about summer camp and how many water activities there are there, and same situation, lots mm-hmm. of kids, lots of activities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it behooves you to know how to swim and to take a swim test, but they have to swim so many laps across the pool, and then there's a section where they have to float. And this one kid who's friends with Ben in Houston was a sinker. Like, I've never seen a kid sink like a stone. <laughs> he could not float on his back. Oh, so no. funny. Oh, yeah. I mean, it does have to do some with your your body mass, you know, how your muscle to fat, you know, ratio. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So, you and you, okay, you guys had a pool, which having a friend with a pool is the best thing. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. the best thing you know, because we were free from the Y because those early years y'all were in a different house. That's why we were going to the Y. Right. It was probably when our youngest was first grade and our oldest was third grade that we changed. We moved a house and we got a pool with this house. Yeah, it was already there. Yeah. It was one of the draws. It was one of the selling factors. Yeah. Um, because I had grown up with one and remembered how fun it was. And of course, my husband, who's a different temperament, only sees the danger and he only sees the worry about it. So we had a lot of rules in place from the very beginning. You never go outside without an adult. You never get to swim in the pool without asking. You never, you know, somebody always has to be there, that kind of thing. But um, we did this, the Y swim lessons with them and learned how to blow bubbles and make it to the side and all the things. But it was only when we got our pool ourselves, when they had the opportunity every day, they were in it every day to just practice, 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 practice that they really got proficient it makes sense yes. in the water. Yes. And it's just such a, for personally for us and all your other friends who you graciously let use it, it was a quieter place to swim. It was easier to keep an eye on them. 
Yeah. You know, although there's still there's still distractions around the pool. There's oh. the snacks and the lunches you've brought and the sunscreen sure. and the phones and the swim diapers and the goggles and the towels and the noodles <sighs> oh and the floats. <laughs> so there's there's still distractions, but it was easier to keep an eye on. Yes. Uh, the kiddos. It is. Um, we used to have get togethers at our house with all of our small group and all the kiddos over. Uh, we had um, classrooms, pool parties several years in a row with elementary school kids, some of whom knew they couldn't swim well. They would stay in the shallow end. Mm-hmm. But um, even so, like one adult to 20 kids, one adult to 10 kids is not enough. It's not enough. No. It's not enough. So um, it's not like a regular play date or a playground date where you can chat with other moms. No. Or go ahead and eat your lunch or go inside and go to the bathroom. That's right. If I had to go to the bathroom, <laughs> I had to ask one of the other moms to Duty. keep an eye on them or they had to get out and just sit on, sit on the steps or mm-hmm. sit on the side yep, yeah sit on the deck till i got back out mm-hmm. so um just to give a couple more terrible statistics <laughs> um 25 of drowning deaths nationwide happen in water that's three feet or less some yeah. some are just bathtubs just inches right so it's not like you just have to go off the diving board you've got pools lakes bathtubs Front load washing machines, which I never oh, thought yeah. of because we never had one, I guess. Right. Um, and toilets, of all things, because toddlers are top heavy. So mm. they throw their little matchbox car in there and it goes down. And they're, of course, they're going to reach into the toilet to go get it. And phew, once they've done it, they're top toppled oh, in and they can't get back yeah. out. So uh, this is a public <laughs> PSA for toilet locks. If you know that you're not supervising your child every minute, if you have more than one mm-hmm. child and you you're nursing your baby in the other room and your toddler's wandering around you need to have a lock on your toilets yeah which i know complicates potty training because yeah you want them to go at that same age it makes it difficult yeah that's true i don't think we had uh, potty locks we did not have potty locks and we did not yeah (laughs) a lot of this stuff i did not know when i was raising my kids i was way more uh I don't know. I was a child of the 70s. You saw how I grew up. Yeah, your brother was so traipsing across the street streaking. <laughs> so, yeah. My goodness. So, what's a little toilet? Like Ray Stevens. Wasn't that from the... <laughs> oh, I know. So, yeah. Don't necessarily go oh. by the way I I did it. These are some mistakes I made. Oh. And so, then you found this thing called dry drowning, which I had not heard of. Tell me about dry oh, yeah. drowning. And this has become popular in media. I've heard it over the past several years, but it's sometimes called secondary drowning. So, for every child who dies from drowning, there are five more who receive emergency care for non-fatal submersion industries. There's a wonderful website called notoutofthewater.com, which is an awesome resource. So, you know, you go to the pool your child gets splashed or their horse playing or whatever, cough, 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 right? They swallow a little bit of water. Um, that happens to every kid. It's happened to my kids. Right. Usually you don't have to worry about that. They're, um, everybody swallows a drink wrong every now and then goes down the wrong tube and you're coughing. So there's the same idea for water-related activities. Um, if after two to four hours after you've been to the pool – that cough continues or worsens there's some signs that you should watch for that is called dry drowning or secondary drowning because they're not actively going under the water right right? you're not finding them in the pool it's just that they've inhaled water and it's um compromising their airways or their lungs or their brain is not getting enough oxygen because all that water's in their system still but they're still talking to you they're walking around normally 
Um, this is wild to me. It's it's freaky, but I, I have you not heard news things about it? No. I, I think it was last summer. It was the first time it this concept, you know, had been on the news and I was like, wow. You'd think growing up, you know, around constant water, I would have right. heard of it. Never heard of it. So people who have dry drowned get better or worse within two to four hours, you're right. saying? Yeah. So if within two to four hours, everything's fine, your child's back to normal, okay, no worries. So they just swallowed some water, no big deal. So this just puts a little more vigilance on you. So you're watching them at the park, you're watching them at the pool, everything's fine, and you go home, you still need to be watching them for another couple hours after you get home from a water activity. If they keep coughing, if they're extremely sleepy or irritable, their energy is low, they have trouble breathing or start acting weird, even if they have chest pain, then you need to contact your doctor. Um, and what's what gets harder is that a lot of those symptoms, well, they're always tired after swimming right. all day. They might be irritable because they're That's tired right. after swimming all day. They're, you yeah. know, they're going to have maybe low energy. All of those things match what would happen normally after being at the pool anyway. So it's just kind of a, I don't know, don't turn your timer off until you get back from uh, the pool and have been watching your kid for another couple hours just to make sure everything's good. So important. Wow. I did not know that. Especially if you know that they had an incident where they were coughing mm -hmm. or swallowing a lot of water. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you have a list here. I love it because it's a top practical. 10. It's a top 10 <laughs> practical things we can do to increase water safety as parents. So a couple of these we've mentioned, but we're just going to go through them again yeah. here to round out this episode. The number one rule is to always have an assigned adult whose only job it is to watch the water. 88% yeah. of child drowning deaths occur with an adult nearby. Right. Because we're so distracted. Ah. So that means Duck. if your job, if your duty is to watch the kids, you don't have a phone, you don't have a book, you're probably not eating, you're not talking to your friend. Because as Renee said at the beginning, it takes 20 to 60 seconds. Oh. So there's no post or text that is that important. I think that's why we were all, we as parents were always so tired after a day at the pool. It wasn't yes. just putting on the sunscreen and schlepping all the stuff. It was the constant mental energy of watching mm -hmm. the whole time. Mm -hmm. So you have to trade off with somebody as a supervisor, as a watcher. It's just too tiring. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And don't rely on that lifeguard. Yeah. You can't watch 30 kids at once. It's a good backup. They're good yeah. to have in an emergency, but yeah. All right. Number two, Bonnie. Um, oh, this one I thought was really great. Swimwear. And I never had given a thought to this. Me either. Before looking at this um, website. Um, think bright and contrasting. Your kids need to be visible. And this is not just for public pools and places where you're with a lot of kids. There's this amazing graphic, which we are going to have on our media this week, by at Aquatic Safety Connection, which you can find on Instagram. And it shows how different color swimsuits show up against a light colored pool bottom or in a dark colored pool bottom and a lake water. And they do this photos both with still water and agitated water when you're splashing around. Um, and it's amazing. It's so, so enlightening. So light blue swimsuits and white swimsuits, they disappear under the ah. water. So you're, you're distracted for a minute. You look back out at the pool and you're looking for your kid and their swimsuit. Well, if they're in light blue or white, you're probably not seeing them, especially if they're underwater. Wow. They just disappear. Um, so their top picks for swimwear are neon pink and neon orange. And I would probably add neon yellow to that, especially in the lake. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. 
even darker water or pools with dark bottoms are right. even more dramatic. You need to have those bright swimsuits so you can find them fast. Okay. So All right. I don't care how cute they are in purple or gray. Sorry that I bought that adorable light blue seersucker swimsuit, Emma, for Dottie Lou. Well, you can throw it in the trash. No, it's there. In- <laughs> Just throw it in the trash. It's fine. It's fine. Whatever. Yeah. Just we'll we'll go safety. get a we'll go get a neon orange one tomorrow. <laughs> pink. She needs pink. Pink. Neon pink. Right. Okay. What's number three, Renee? Number three is have a pack mindset. Stick together. If one of us has to go to the bathroom, we all go. If one of us has to make a phone call, we all get out of the pool. So you go over these kinds of rules with your kids in advance. We've talked about this before. In the car as you're driving there. Or before you go outside, if it's your own house. So everyone remembers. Yeah. And there's no back and forth. No whining. No negotiating about this when you're out there. So, yeah. Have We're a pack mindset. One. Yeah. What about, what about number four? Uh, okay. Are you going on vacation? Drowning is one of the most common causes of death for international travelers. And that might be because we're engaging in an unfamiliar water sport and unfamiliar water. But you also need to be looking for propped open doors or gates to pool areas and hotels and resorts or places that say they're restricted access. Don't trust those barriers because a lot of times kids can just, you know, you have to have a key card to get in and you've propped it open for the next friend to come in and your kid just falls right in. Right. So also I would say watch for decorative water, like fountains in a hotel. I see those all the time. Mm -hmm. Fish ponds. And BYOL, bring your own life jacket because you can't trust the fit or the efficacy of ones that big companies have. That provide them, yeah. All right, number five is telling your kids that it's not always about their water skills. Are they fussing about wearing a life jacket? Well, we just tell them. Sometimes we wear one in case the supervisor is distracted or someone grabs you or you get a cramp or you're tired. Or there's waves or currents if you're out in the ocean or cold water or you hit your head. Yeah. I mean, every summer, my dad, granddad was a fisherman. They posted the, the drownings at the lake and they they had the number of drownings for people with life jackets, oh, yeah. which was zero, and the number of drownings for people without them. And it was the number of people who had drowned. So it, it was almost a, a foolproof way to protect yourself from drowning. So, but they're not a substitute for supervision. No. Or for learning how to swim. No. And you um, said that there's a difference between like a swim vest and a life jacket. Yeah. You see, you know, in Target or Walmart, these cute little pink zip up swim training vests, yeah. which are okay in the water. If you're with your child teaching them how to swim, it just kind of is a body support for them. But it is not the same as a U.S. Coast Guard life jacket. Um so you look for that symbol. You look for the U.S. Coast Guard symbol. Yeah, okay. it's usually got an approval number on it. They're going to be more expensive than your little training vest or whatever. But it's worth it right. to prevent a tragedy. Right. Okay, number six. Swim skills regress. So when the pool opens each day after Memorial Day, which we've just had now, don't assume they're starting back where they left off at the end of last summer. Um. Those also don't assume that a kid who has had swim lessons is a kid who can't drown. Mm, Anyone right. can drown. Anyone can. Even yeah. good swimmers can drown. So, yeah, yeah um, you're going to have to start slow each year. Start back in the shallow end. Like, prove to me that you've earned the mm-hmm. <laughs> right to get past that floaty line, get in the deep end. Um, we have a one of my nephews. Uh, they live in Colorado or 
So they were landlocked. They didn't go swimming a lot. They didn't go to the pools a lot. They came, drove in for the 4th of July one summer. Um, We were all already out by my pool. They had just gotten out of their car and yay, we're going to go swimming. Well, he was 14 years old, runs to the deep end, jumps in, sank like a stone. (gasps) And it was one of those quiet... Because everyone's around splashing and playing and they're thinking, oh, he's playing too. So my sister, who's, I don't know, yards away at the deck, notices that and runs over to the deep end, kind of like like you with Houston, but he's 14, and hauls him up out of the water. It was like he'd forgotten. Wow. I, oh, yeah. I forgot I don't really know how to swim. I forgot what I was doing because yeah. the last time I swam was so long ago. So, yeah. You're not always aware of your own swim abilities. Right. The moment so just you get be in the water, aware of test how often out. how often your family's even exposed to the water. Or start slow. Start yeah. in the shallow. End. Start in the shallow end with a float first. Yeah, which leads us to number seven: teach your kids what depth of water means in relation to their height. Now, I did do this one. Whew, finally, one I did, Bonnie. <laughs> Feeling good. Well, I didn't. So this, was, <laughs> I thought this was a good one. So we would wade into the shallow end, and we would see. Okay, is the water up to your mouth? Up to your nose? Up to your eyes? Uh, it might be over their heads when they're, mm-hmm. you know, preschoolers. And so they, and they might to- know, like, you know, it's painted on the side of the pool, three feet. And they think, well, I'm over three feet. Yeah. Yeah. Up, yeah. But that up to your mean- eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> right. So they, it, they should be treading water and having their float devices on them. And so if they wanted to go deeper and they knew how to swim, I was fine with that. I just wanted them to be aware of where the drop-off was. Yeah. You know, every pool's different. Some are That's sloped, right. some are a sudden drop-off. So we would do that. Right. That's a good point, too. A lot of newer pools that are really cool, they have those um, suntan ledges. Yes. You know, that are really nice. They're really nice. And so a kid goes in thinking, step, step, step. Mm-hmm. And then, boom, they've stepped off that last ledge thinking there's another step and it's a big drop off so point that out if especially if for kids who are new to your pool or new to a you know pool like that okay see here's where it's going to go down don't go past this part because you're Mm -hmm. not going to be able to swim Mm -hmm. so number eight we've already said swimmers and supervisors both need breaks it's tiring to watch and they're tireder than they think they are swimming is Big exercise. Yes. It's great exercise. And do they still do the rule where you had to wait 30 minutes after lunch? That was the worst. I hated that. I don't know if that's an old wives tale or not. We, we, well, it, they, it was in force at granddaddy's pool. Let me just say. And we hated it. We, we hated stopping for lunch and then having to wait 30 minutes. Yep. But it's probably good for you just to rest your body. Just to rest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're right. You're right. Probably. That was probably a secret mom trick. <laughs> We get 30 minutes. Y'all sit on your towels. (laughs) All right. And number nine, always ask permission before they get in the water. There's consequences if they get in the water. Yeah, run in there because their friend's in there. That's right. You're out now. Got to sit out for several minutes. And um, so like, like everything in parenting, boundaries give freedom because they learn. They can operate within these boundaries. They have autonomy to do that. When they get out of the boundaries, you got to bring them back in until they show they can be trusted. So safety briefings before water fun begins and just ask what those boundaries are. What's dangerous? What's off limits? What should we do and should we not do? We should walk. We should not (laughs) run around the skirt of the pool. We should jump in feet first, not head first. That's right. Because you don't know what's under there all the time, especially in a lake. 
Mm-hmm. Goodness gracious, where you can't see the bottom or a right. dark colored pool. Right. Johnny Erickson Tata, that was the story when we were growing up. Uh, she's the Christian yeah. amazing, painter, I, right? Like pillar yeah. of Christian maturity and faith and inspiration. But yes, yeah, she, she had a diving accident. She dove into water that was more shallow than she thought mm-hmm. and um, broke her neck and has been paralyzed from the neck down wow. since she was 17 or 18 years old. Wow. And so, um, yeah, just talk about never diving into water you don't know the depth of. Most pools are not diving pools anymore. Your pool is a rare exception. People don't, don't put diving pools in much anymore. Probably for that reason. But yeah. it's, um, yeah, because you think you can jump in and dive from the deep end. But you jump in and dive from the shallow end or you've got a weird drop off or a funny different mm-hmm. um, levels in your pool. You can't always judge by that. So. I scraped my nose on the bottom of my oh, grandfather's pool yeah, diving concrete in. concrete bottoms. Yeah. Yes. So that just tells you how deep I got. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just dangerous. So, yeah, it's really good to ask kids. You look at the pool. Tell me what you see as dangerous. Mm-hmm. What what should we avoid? That's always better to ask rather than tell. Yeah. Or the beach. <laughs> beach is the same. Yeah. Okay. So number 10, teach them how to get away if somebody grabs onto them. Um, there was a story of, I think she was six years old, and uh, this is a mom who actually does drowning intervention classes, but her six-year-old was out, and a four-year-old had jumped in and was struggling and grabbed onto her six-year-old, oh and then they were both struggling. So she had taught her six-year-old, okay, if somebody grabs onto you, you if you can, you, you suck, duck, and tuck. So you're sucking air real quick, go underwater as low as you can, and then tuck and push to get away from them and you're not abandoning the other person you just need to save yourself so Mm -hmm. that you can save the other person Mm -hmm. so you get air you go under and then you push away from them because that person's not going to want to go under with you and then when you come back up you call for help for that person that's gotten a hold of you okay so this legit this exact thing happened to me so we um it was i was maybe 12 or 13 It was the end of a softball season, just the local city league, Mm -hmm. anything elite or anything like that. And we had a pool party at my grandfather's pool at the end of the season. And there was a lot of kids in that pool. It was not a huge pool. Oh, yeah. And it was a lot of kids in there, 15, 18 (laughs) girls. And the edges of the pool in the deep end, there was just a teeny little ledge that was three feet and it dropped straight off. And so um, I was in the deep end and one of the, my teammates who couldn't swim slipped off the edge and grabbed onto me panicking. Right, of course. And was, yeah, she was shoving me under, uh-huh. pulling me under with her. And, and it was a lot of flailing. Her legs were flailing, her arms were flailing. And I did that instinctively. I went underwater, got way, way deep and then pushed her towards the edge of the pool where she could grab on Mm -hmm. to the ledge and she did and I got away I got to the middle of the deep end but she could have easily have drowned me yeah um if I didn't just instinctively do that I didn't have any training in that that was just I think a lot of stuff is survival and yeah it was just instinctual so how clever to teach your younger children that even even you should teach your um children not to grab onto adults that way too because a lot of adults are not great swimmers Mm -hmm. and you know two or three kids hanging on you at once and all of a sudden you slip into a deep end Mm -hmm. you might not be able to recover from that as an adult right so don't grab on to other people that's a good one so those are our top 10 water safety rules that wasn't too oppressive 
No, I mean, it's it's just so awful to me to think it's it such a fun, beautiful activity yeah. that families can participate in and mm-hmm. it can just go really, really wrong really quickly. Yes. Without the right planning. and So just behaviors. a few things to kind of keep your keep your wits about you and make sure somebody's watching. And I know there's moms. I mean, they've been to my house with three and four children and one mom. So you have to have help. You have to have mm-hmm. a friend who's, mm-hmm. okay, you've got this one, like appoint them. Mm-hmm. Don't just be, hey, watch my kids in general. Okay, you watch David, you watch Houston, mm-hmm. you watch Emma. Yeah. You know, like man on man. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So that's the, I think that's the biggest help besides barriers around your water that would help. So. Well, and I hope you have a great summer. Yeah. Go to the pool, go to the lake, have fun. It is. It's so fun. What, there's something about water. It's very therapeutic to hear the water bubbling and running and to be in the water. Yes. It's like kind of primal. It's like I love we're meant it. to be in water. I love it. So, so don't okay. let it scare you away. All these great resources, these, these websites and this thing. Oh, you wanted us to see that Instagram account? Yeah, they're fantastic. We're going to put some of those on our social media this week, yeah. but you need to visit that account and just scroll through. It's great. Yeah. And it's going to be on our website at justaskyourmom.com. And then you can find us on Facebook at Just Ask Your Mom and on Instagram at Just Ask Your Mom Podcast. Yep. We'd love for you to rate and leave a review if you're listening and better yet, subscribe so you'll get each new Monday episode. If you have questions or topic suggestions, email us justaskyourmompodcast at gmail.com. And we see you next time on Just Just Ask Ask Your Mom. Mom.